Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. We are a weekly Columbus-centric podcast focusing on the civics, lifestyle, entertainment, and people of our city. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. This week, for the first time in their over 40-year history, the Central Ohio Transit Authority, or CODA, is changing up their routes. Beginning May 1st, CODA will connect more people to more places and more jobs at more times, seven days a week. I spoke with Lisa Myers and Josh Sikich from CODA about how their new system was designed and what the philosophy was behind it. We also learned more about CODA as a whole, some of their new initiatives that they're rolling out, and most importantly, I think, how you can find your way with the new system. We also address some of the contributing factors for why our transit options are the way they are in Columbus and why people would want to ride the bus. You can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Also, the Confluence Cast is on Patreon. Find out how to support this podcast on our website, theconfluencecast.com, or at patreon.com confluence. The Confluence Cast is sponsored by Kepri, a full-service web and mobile development company specializing in design and programming services. Defined through skill and innovation, Kepri works with their clients to create user-centric, technology-based products that innovate. Kepri provides complete technology solutions with a solid strategy to meet your goals and grow your brand. See examples of their work and explore what Kepri can do for you at Kepri.com. Enjoy the interview. Sitting down here at CODA Headquarters, 33 North High Street, with Lisa Meyer, their public relations manager, and Josh Sikich, Transit System Redesign Project Manager. Coming up here on May 1st, CODA will be having a big change. Brand new route layout, brand new schedule. Lisa, sort of give us the brief overview of what is happening at CODA. So on May 1st, CODA is completely overhauling its system. Uh, This is something that we have not done in our more than 40-year history. We've certainly added routes or removed routes over the years, but we've never taken a look at our system as a whole. So on May 1, as a result of several years of work and um, community involvement and work with the community, we are going to be unveiling a brand new CODA, brand new system of, of bus routes. Great. And you're sort of implementing it, hopefully. So the goal here and the goal of this conversation today, and, and I imagine a whole lot of your job over the past couple of months has been saying, here are the things that are changing. Josh, I'm going to throw it to you. What are the sort of inherent differences between the current route system and what the public is going to experience on May 1st? Well, currently we have uh, 68 routes Um, Many of those uh, duplicate service or they're not the most efficient or effective service. Uh, We will be streamlining our service um, and uh, enhancing our frequent network. So frequency is a key part of transit planning. Uh, So when you get a bus every 15 minutes or or better, then you really don't have to do much research. You go out to the bus stop and uh, it's it's pretty easy. It's pretty fast. So we're more than uh, doubling the size of our frequent network. So historically, our frequent network is just High Street, Broad Street, uh, Cleveland Avenue, East Main, East Livingston. 
Uh, now that same type of service that comes all the time when you need it, uh, morning to night, uh, very frequently, that'll be uh, more than doubled in size. So, you know, on the east side, you know, James and Steltzer on the north side, uh, Morse Road, Carl Road on the west side, West Fifth Avenue, West Broad Street further west on the south side, Whittier, South High Street. I mean, those are just a couple of the, the uh, corridors that will see this uh, big enhancement in service. So how did this happen? So you, you guys talk about these are improvements being made and there were routes that were servicing duplicate areas. Can you talk about how decisions were made before this point for where routes went and sort of in my head, things were sort of happening piecemeal. Is that, is that a fair way to put it? That is fair that, I mean, back in the 1970s when CODA began, I mean, we, our system looks pretty similar to that system from decades ago. We've never done a comprehensive redesign. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, um, you know, we have added and and deleted routes, tweaked routes, but, uh, you know, you end up with with routes that, you know, you could walk um, a few minutes one way and get a bus. You could walk a few minutes in the other way and get a bus. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, you know, you sort of, it's just not the most efficient or effective service. Uh, So when you have uh, two buses going on roads that are very close to one another, uh, what you can do is actually consolidate those on the one main road uh, and provide better service. So uh, people may have to walk an extra block or two, but uh, when you do walk out to that main road, you actually uh, get that high quality frequent service. So there's a little bit of a give and take when you you plan the routes. So to translate it a little bit, you don't have the worry of, oh, if I miss my bus, I'm going to be waiting for half an hour. You sort of have this assurance that the frequency steps up and you, and you won't have to wait very long, even though you're w- walking a little bit farther. It, that's that's correct. Or could uh, have to walk a little bit farther. When you have a, a bus that comes every hour, for example, like, like some of our routes do, mm-hmm. uh, it's equivalent for somebody who drives. Like you have your car in your garage, but you can only open your garage door once an hour. Okay. You know, it, it's very difficult to plan your day. That doesn't, or, public transportation doesn't sound convenient at all. Well, those are the, the routes that we're trying to uh, improve. So right. we're more than doubling our, our service that's every 15 minutes or better. So that's, you know, on average, every seven and a half minutes, a bus is coming. Uh, and that's the type of service that really works for people. And while it's very exciting that Code is going through this redesign for the first time in their 40-year history. In your experience, and I'm not asking you to throw anybody under the bus, oh, I can only use that once and I already used it. <laughs> is this something that should happen every five years? How often should something like this happen? Well, uh, you know, one of the things with transit, we don't need to really look in a crystal ball and and sort of predict things. Mm -hmm. Every city in the country and in the world has transit. So when we brought in uh, the experts from around the country back in 2013, 2014, Mm -hmm. they said, you know, every every, you know, 10 years, 20 years, 15 years around that time, you should do a comprehensive redesign. And so so you guys looked at your calendar and said, we're overdue. (laughs) It's time. But I would say I think we're being pretty innovative and taken this step. You know, a lot of agencies have never done something like this over the decades that they've been in, in existence. Gotcha. I have heard tangentially some conversations about CODA is going from sort of a spoken wheel system in that everybody has to come down to broad and high and then go back out depending on where they're going. Can you talk about, first of all, what the new design 
looks like? Is there a new metaphor we get to start using? And how you guys made the decisions about routes? Is it simply servicing the same audience that you were servicing before? Are you looking to expand that audience? What are the philosophies behind the changes that are being made in the routes specifically? Yes, we're talking about not duplicating routes, but what else? Yeah, it's true that historically in Columbus, when you ride Coda, you know, all all routes lead to high and broad. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, um, you know, one of the, the education efforts that we're doing is trying to get people out of that sort of muscle memory of, hey, I got to go downtown to transfer. Uh, so now if you're, um, you know, on East Main, you know, and you're going up to Easton, mm-hmm. you know, traditionally you, you'd probably have the best trip going downtown. Um, but now you might want to go outside of town, you know, transfer high frequency transfer at, uh, Maine and James, Okay, you know, so that sort of thing is, uh, the type of stuff that might be, uh, new to people having that high frequency service on streets that are outside of downtown. That's one of the big education efforts that we're, uh, trying to tell people about. How did you guys make the choices for what changed? Is it really just looking at the map and saying this probably doesn't need to exist anymore? Or is it spring cleaning to an extent? Or how do studies like that happen? Yeah, there's a variety of things. I mean, one of the um, uh, key reasons for transit and for for CODA is to get people uh, to and from jobs. So, um, you know, some of the metrics that we look at from Mm -hmm. the census and some of the data, you know, is where is the population, you know, where are the jobs? That, that's sort of the, the baseline for mm-hmm. a lot of these transit studies. Because, um, you know, I mean, as you get further out and the houses are spread further out, you know, it becomes more difficult to efficiently serve a lot of people. Right. On top of that, you look at um, uh, hospitals, you know, so the OSU Medical Center, we're going to be serving that uh, better. Uh, you look at new developments. So like Grandview Yard. You know, mm-hmm. really didn't exist, you know, uh, a long time ago. Now we're increasing service to that. And then we also work with our, um, you know, suburban partners uh, trying to service like Rickenbacker, uh, Polaris, um, Easton. Uh, you know, we're going to increase our service um, over 75% to the Easton Transit Center. So trying to utilize existing facilities that we have um, to the greatest extent. So, uh, you know, looking at all those things, sort of the, the population centers, job centers, those new developments, um, and really, uh, part of that is data, but a huge part of that is working with the community. You know, we had dozens and dozens of meetings with, uh, community leaders, with elected officials, um, with community groups across the entire region as a part of this process. Gotcha. Lisa, how would a person find out more about whether, first of all, whether their specific route is changing and how this will affect them? One of the things that we talked about most here on our staff was how to make sure especially all of our current customers knew about these changes happening. Um, I was lucky enough to be able to go to Houston and Jacksonville, who both have done this process over the last several years as well, and see them go through the process and took some wonderful ideas from them. Uh, We have had a comprehensive campaign. We have touched every single one of our bus stops and placed a sign, what we call an info post, at each one of those bus stops to let people know what will be changing about that route, about that stop on May 1st. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the the easiest ways. If you're a current rider, go to your current bus stop and see what's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, But we also have a variety of information on our website. We have a dual trip planner where people can go and enter their origin and their destination, and it will give you 
your trip today versus your trip on May 1st. So Great. people can compare. They can compare and contrast times. In a lot of instances, you might get a few different options. Okay. Uh, today, people utilize the system in different ways depending on the day of the week, depending mm -hmm. on the time of the day. So you might get a several different options of uh, what you can do with the new system as well. So really looking at that stop level finding out what will impact your specific stop. And from there, you can see how you can best utilize the system. And the other virtue of this rollout, it was just announced, you guys are offering free fares uh, for the first week of the rollout, so May 1st through May 7th. Mm -hmm. This seems like a good time to sort of talk, you get to put your very generalist public relations hat on. <laughs> CODA is not a city entity. CODA is a, an entity that exists for the public good, that is publicly funded both through fares and through sales tax. Can you talk about, I may have just done all of it, but can you <laughs> sort of talk about the structure of CODA and what people should know and what some common misperceptions are? Sure. Well, I think you did do just most of my job. Okay. Uh, but yes, we are funded through two sales and use taxes, um, mm -hmm. each uh, a quarter percent. Uh, one of those is non-renewable, so permanent funding, and then one is renewable every 10 years. In 20 and that's the one we just went through, right? Yes. In okay. 2016, we just passed that levy for another 10 years. So thank you to the community for supporting us. We do appreciate that. You're welcome. And then we also are funded through our fare box. Um, so those that money goes towards creating the routes that you see on the street, paying for our operators, paying for the staff that, that make all of that happen behind the scenes. So then how are you governed? You guys have a board of directors that it, I think Josh mentioned earlier mm -hmm. approved the transit system redesign. Mm -hmm. Is it all about the board, basically? Yes, we are governed by a board of trustees who um, certainly help with decision making, approve financial decisions. Um, our staff makes all the recommendations to them for the most part and, and asks for their support and for um, their approval of of especially big initiatives like this. This is something, the transit system redesign that we went to them with several years ago, mm -hmm. educated them about the process we were going through internally and brought them along. So given the structure of the organization, sort of what did the board actually approve? You guys didn't go to them in 2013 and say, here are the very specific routes here's how everything is going to get fixed. What was that? What did that look like? After our staff sat down with our consultants and sat down as a group and redrew the system based mm -hmm. on the things that Josh talked about, land use, where the job centers are, we then went to the public, talked to them about a couple of different scenarios that our new system could um, take, a couple of different shapes that it could take. Mm -hmm. And once we got feedback and decided on a final design, we took that to the board to approve. Okay. And that is based on 70% ridership lines and 30% coverage lines. So what does that mean? So a ridership line is something that we know will be high ridership. Um, current, Like our current line two, our current okay. line one, our current line 10, our highest ridership lines that we know are in corridors uh, that are dense where people frequently use transit. Mm -hmm. Usually closer to the city, closer to downtown, um, maybe run run out in that hub and spoke um, system that you, you spoke about. So that's the 70%. Mm -hmm. What's the 30%? The 30% are coverage lines. So that means service that you you need to provide to the community because it's necessary. Um, for maybe a community doesn't have access. That those are lines that help people get where they need to go, but might not be high ridership. So people, I think sometimes everybody wants to be critical of everything, frankly. But people talk about I see the buses all the time that have no one on them. Mm -hmm. 
those primarily, first of all, yes, there are people on them, sir. But also, <laughs> those are those are coverage lines. Give me some examples of coverage lines. There's, uh, you or know, are you not allowed to say? <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't. Um, uh, I don't have specifics in mind, okay. but I mean, just the idea of, uh, you know, one thing about Coda, it, it's, uh, you know, it's all about the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are a public good. We're a public service. Uh, right. So if we ran ourselves like a like a private business, to you make wouldn't profit, have coverage lines. We we would we would ride on High Street, on Broad Street, you know, a mm-hmm. couple of others, and and we'd call it a day. Um, okay. But um, we need to provide service because we we provide a, a leg up for many people trying to get to to jobs. So uh, one of the things that we went through. Uh, as a part of this, uh, there's federal regulations. We did a, a six-month-long analysis to make sure there's no negative impacts on certain communities okay. that uh, have um, uh, historically um, uh, uh, been uh, not represented in mm-hmm. our transportation. And these uh, regulations simply, de- they don't deal with income disparity, right? These regulations simply deal with racial disparity. It, it's it's racial disparity, but it, it's uh, it's a variety of things, and, okay. and and it's important to note that um, despite all the planning dating back to 2013, 2014, um, when we look at these types of things, making sure we're providing our public good to the people that need it, uh, we we did make uh, several tweaks to the plans a year ago based on that process, just making okay. sure we dot all our I's and cross all our T's. Gotcha. Just to put a bow on it, when you say 70% and 30%, you're talking is that resources or is that simply the number of lines that's the amount of service that we offer so we offer more than a million service hours a year okay Um, a service hour is one bus on the street for one hour gotcha gotcha and so that's how you calculate Mm -hmm. that yes great and one of the things that plays into this 70 30 split of our resources uh, we have a goal for 25 million rides by 2025 uh, and I'm sorry, is that per year or no, it can't yes, be? Yes, it would be. Per tr- year, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so that we expect that the transit system redesign over the next three years will increase ridership. Uh, and this will provide the framework to continue to build service and make us um, a bigger part of, of the Central Ohio community and, and build the number of trips and the number of rides um, in the next several years. Is that an ambitious number or is that a conservative number? The 25, where are we at right now? Our ridership in 2016 was 18.8 million. Okay. Over the last five years, we've really ranged between 18 and a half to a little over 19 million. Okay. And there are a lot of different factors that go into ridership. We we're actually um, very lucky here in Columbus, um, our because we're in a period of service growth where we're adding service hours mm-hmm. that typically means more trips. Um, our ridership did dip a little bit last year, but throughout the country, we're seeing ridership um, on especially bus systems dip dramatically. We have low gas prices, mm-hmm. um, things of that nature really do impact bus ridership more more than you think. Right. Well, and there certainly are, this is not the podcast where we talk about alternative transportation options, but that is certainly contributing to it as well. Mm-hmm. I do want to pin you just a little bit down. Is that 25 million number, do you think that that's conservative or super aspirational, Josh? It, it's ambitious. Okay. We're, we're setting the bar high. Uh, we're we're um, taking an innovative step doing this comprehensive redesign, and mm-hmm. I think it's indicative of, of where CODA is these days. We're being uh, progressive. We're trying to provide that best service we can and, and, and grow in, in 
an ambitious way. Um, some of the things that the transit system redesign, the changes that happened May 1st, uh, that might Im increase ridership, one of the key things is adding more consistency to our schedules. Uh, so we will have a similar service seven days a week. Uh, we're okay. increasing our Saturday service by 50%, and we're more than doubling our uh, Sunday service. So we know from other cities that have done that, there's a, a latent demand, there's an unmet need right now for service on Saturdays and Sundays that oh, CODA yeah. is not meeting. So uh, we know that'll provide uh, an increase in our ridership. Also, with our um, network uh, changes that are occurring, we're providing uh, frequent service to um, tens of thousands uh, more jobs and population uh, over a hundred thousand uh, more jobs. So uh, we know that the service changes that we're making, providing that good quality service where people are getting from point A to point B, where those job centers are, those will drive ridership growth as well. Are there specific job centers that you guys aren't servicing that you are starting to service or just job centers that you're going to service a whole lot more? Yeah, I think it, it's more the the latter. Okay. Uh, you know, we we have service. You know, we've added routes, as Lisa mentioned. We're in a, a time of service growth, but uh, really providing the best service we can to places like Easton, uh, places like Polaris, um, places like uh, Grandview Yard, uh, and Rickenbacker. Um, those are things that uh, uh, will will be better in a lot of ways starting May first. Gotcha. So that twenty five million rider goal by twenty twenty five is also affected by some of the other initiatives that you guys have in the queue, right? Mm -hmm. So talk a little bit, first of all, about CMAX. CMAX is our uh, bus rapid transit project mm -hmm. uh, that will um, be implemented downtown and along Cleveland Avenue okay. um, starting in January of 2018. I've seen some of the, the stops for it, right? Yeah, some of the, they call them pylons, you know, yep. downtown. They'll um, really enhance, uh, you know, the idea that this is a place where you could get a high quality um, transit service. Okay. And also uh, you see some of the... Um, uh, screens actually provide real-time information on some of those downtown right now. Uh, so, th you know, the the changes happening May 1st really lay the groundwork and the framework for increased growth, one of those being uh, the CMAX bus rapid transit in 2018. So what is functionally different about the CMAX? Yes, there are the real-time screens, there are the pylons, the, the distinctly different bus stops. The bus is not different correct it will it will be a, a unique bus okay uh, there's also something you know there's various ways to uh, you know so many people when they take a bus you know they put it in their phone they just see hey, this will take me 20 minutes or mm -hmm. this will take me 30 minutes and they don't think about the things that make that trip you know longer or shorter than driving okay um, one of the interesting things is uh, like something called transit signal priority where you could actually time the traffic lights to uh, be green, you know, when when CMAX is coming through. Gotcha. Uh, so that's uh, part of it. Another part of it is just using um, uh, the station's uh, innovative um, transportation methods to really try to grow ridership and and uh, lay a claim that this is a, a high quality uh, transit service that's different from everything else. So um, there's a there's a variety of things that I think people will will enjoy with that CMAX. Gotcha. Would you credit the impending existence of the CMAX a lot to the working relationship that you guys have with the city of Columbus and sort of allowing for things like this to happen? 
Absolutely. Everything that we do is in partnership, you know, with the city of Columbus, uh, you know, the city of of Westerville, all of our municipal partners. Mm -hmm. um, And, uh, you know, nobody operates in isolation. So that's a key partnership on a on a variety of fronts, because, you know, the city manages the roads. uh, Coda manages the buses that travel on those roads. So uh, everything is is really done hand in hand. The traffic signal priority is certainly a unique partnership between the city of Columbus and CODA, and something we're really looking forward to to working together on. That, as Josh mentioned, is one of the things that makes the CMAX beneficial for customers, even though it travels along uh, traditional one of our traditionally one of our highest ridership routes. Travel times will be faster, up to 20% faster, because of things like the traffic signal priority. And then also a bus rapid transit line doesn't stop as frequently as a normal local bus route would. Um, So the stations are placed further apart, and that allows for the faster travel times. Gotcha. As you guys were planning the TSR, the transit system redesign, the Smart Cities Initiative was announced that Columbus had won. How is that going? This is my touch base of talk about smart cities because it's it's a question that gets asked a lot. Yes. So CODA is involved with Smart Columbus. We are one of the working partners. We sit on multiple working groups. Um, my understanding is that we're in a planning phase right now. Mm-hmm. For the next 12 to 18 months, I think there are going to be more and more questions to ask and more and more information to learn about with what outcomes will come from Smart Columbus. We've heard, I think, a lot of wonderful ideas, mm-hmm. um, things that um, CODA is very excited about, things like autonomous vehicles um, near our Easton Transit Center. Um, the Easton Transit Center is somewhere where we're, ma- we're making a lot of investment because of the transit system redesign. So utilizing that even further in partnership with Smart Columbus and helping our community with first mile, last mile challenges is something that we're very passionate about and something that we know we need to tackle as we move forward as an organization and as a community. Great. And sort of in addition to Smart Columbus, you guys have an initiative, NextGen, which sort of asks the question, what are the what are the things that we need to be doing? Can you talk about NextGen and, and where you guys are at in that process and what the questions that are being asked are? Sure. Uh, you know, the, the changes that are being made on May 1st and the increased service, uh, you know, we're adding service uh, later this year. And then the CMAX that we discussed in 2018, mm-hmm. it really forms the backbone for providing, uh, you know, the best service we can in the decades to come. Our uh, next gen project uh, really looks out to the year 2050. Which, okay. Uh, yeah, for a lot of people, that's a long ways away. But that's uh, after the singularity. Yeah. <laughs> but here we are in 2017. Who who knew we'd we'd make it this far? So indeed. Yeah. So um, you know, and we just want to be proactive to uh to really look at what's that transit of of the future. What's our role in the decades to come? We know our uh, partner at Morpsey mm-hmm. uh, estimates uh, 500,000 to a million new residents in the decades to come. What does that mean for for congestion on the expressways, for getting people to and from jobs? What right. role does CODA play in that dialogue? Uh, right now, you know, m- many people think, hey, you could get most places driving, you know, 20 minutes or so around uh, Columbus. But how long will that last when we add these residents? Right. Um, so uh, it really looks at a variety of uh, measures, uh, high capacity corridors. Um, this ranges from light rail. Uh, to additional bus rapid transit, to things like uh, dedicated lanes on the roads for buses, 
to things like increased bus service, you know, uh, to uh, the suburbs and, and across the region and uh, first last mile uh, type things, you know, mm-hmm. getting people, you know, you, you want to provide that efficient service, but how do you get people literally from their home, you know, from their doorstep to your service and from the, the doorstep of their uh, job to your service? And then ultimately um, the innovative technologies that are that are being looked at as part of smart cities and around the world. I mean, transit may look uh, drastically different in the decades to come, but I think it's important that we're taking that step to really uh, look at where are those corridors and what are those next steps we need to do with the community to to really see what, what role does CODA play in the decades to come. And you guys did just complete an online survey that I imagine you're still compiling it in my head. It just completed like a month ago. What are the next steps then for that initiative? Is this a study that's sort of, hey, we're doing our due diligence and making sure that our customer base is able to communicate with us? Do you think that concrete changes will come out of it? We are past the, you know, there's a lot of modeling. You know, we talk mm-hmm. about data, you know, yeah. when you look at that stuff. That that piece of that is done. Okay, um, And we're really in uh, a community stage of that, you know, meeting with a lot of community partners, community leaders, um, and seeing who wants to be a champion for those corridors of the future. How do we work with those development patterns that are planned into the future? Mm-hmm. Um, so really, that's the stage where we are now. Just, um, you know, nothing that we do is in, is in isolation, trying to um, meet with those folks along some of these key corridors. We know out of the modeling, you know, when you purely look at at the data, uh, some of the the same corridors that have been talked about for a long time in Columbus, you know, pop up again. So Great. High Street, you know, uh, Broad Street corridors that go out to uh, to the airport, mm-hmm. out to. Um, uh, the job centers across the suburbs, uh, out East Main, uh, you know, places like that, uh, they pop up again as a part of this. But what does that that really mean? That's that's the stage that we're in now to really just build that community support and keep that uh, dialogue going with our partners around the region. Given the initiatives that you guys are going through it and the conversations that you're having with the community, I want to sort of get down to the base level on on Columbus and, and public transportation. Are there unique challenges that Columbus, either geographical placement, the, well, we're flat, so I imagine that's easier, but what are the unique aspects of servicing a community like Columbus? Columbus is, is unique because, um, you know, it's it's different from uh cities on the East Coast, for example, or, okay. or bigger cities um, that really have a, a grid network, you know, that mm-hmm. uh, that provides a lot of connectivity um, across the region. We are uh, doing the best we can uh, with the roads that we have, you know, right. um, and uh, in some cases that means that some of our connections that we can make uh, may not be as as dense, for example, as as uh, as what we, what you'd see in other cities. So mm-hmm. there there are unique things uh, to Columbus. I mean, in some ways, uh, we're you know we've been very successful in transportation. I mean, many cities are clogged with congestion and they can't you know get their way out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but what does that mean? So for people driving on the expressways or people you know taking the bus, right? Um, so there are things that are unique, but. Also, you know, there's there's just general things as well that uh, go into um, transit planning around the world. I mean, the land use patterns that we talked about, mm-hmm. 
And then just, you know, what are the, the perceptions of different modes of transportation? We know the uh, city of Columbus is one of the larger cities in the United States without any rail, you know, yeah. passenger rail, for example. Um, so th I think, you know, you try to uh, look at the best transit planning practices, uh, but our, we have the roads that we have and, and we have the land use that we have um, and we try to make the best of it. Mm -hmm. We haven't talked a whole lot about sort of downtown and how, you know, there was a study that just came out that I'll link to in the show notes that talks about Columbus per person that comes down to work every day. We bring more cars than almost any other city in the country. Mm -hmm. Does Coda have an eye on that? Because that I think everybody can sort of say, yes, that is bad. We shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, one thing that I certainly didn't realize until I moved here about five years ago mm -hmm. um, from Northeast Ohio is really how new Columbus is. If you think about it in terms of, of some of the other cities around the country, we're, we're a lot newer. We really mm -hmm. grew up in the age of the car. And Josh talks a lot about our road network. I think you see that reflected in in our roads and in our transportation. Um, people want to get in their car. Um, that's just how people are here. Mm -hmm. So our, our president and CEO likes to say that uh, we're not your grandfather's coda anymore. Okay. So a lot of the things that we've been trying to do over the last couple of years are to help people understand that public transportation can work for them. It might not work for every single trip, mm -hmm. but it might work for a couple of trips a week or a couple of trips a month. Um, so things that you've seen recently in the last couple of years, like the CBUS mm -hmm. um, downtown, that's our free circulator service that runs between downtown, the brewery district, the short north, um, these highly populated areas of workers during the day of residents who are flooding into downtown each year mm -hmm. um, and then also visitors from out of town you know we've seen so many more visitors and more conventions and more events coming here um, so coda has really been focused the last several years on helping people find ways to to make public transportation fit into their lives um, those choice riders people who might not have taken it before because we know with the growth that is expected to happen here i don't even think we're 20 minute town anymore right we're certainly not going to be in the future um, if we don't tackle those challenges now and as we move forward and work with our partners to make sure that that we're all on the same page about how we're going to do that. Um, our entire transportation network, we know that if you build more roads, if you build more highways, it brings more cars. It doesn't alleviate that congestion. It just brings more cars eventually. So public transportation will need to play a large role in the growth and the future of the city. And certainly CODA is, is ready and willing and excited to be a part of that. Great. So I grew up on the North End, just south of Clintonville. I grew up starting taking the Coda bus when I was, I think, 13 or 14 years old, taking it downtown. For those that haven't ridden the bus, there, I think, we've talked about it on this podcast before, there are perception issues of what, you know, what is the bus? What is the experience like? What is it for? Or who is it for even sometimes? Can you talk to that and sort of why would people want to ride the bus? Sure. Uh, for one, um, you know, Coda is for everybody. And, mm -hmm. and really, um, it's about options. So, um, you know, one thing that you think about is just cost, mm -hmm. you know, owning a car, uh, paying for gas, paying for insurance, paying for maintenance. It's it's a costly thing for, for everybody, but it hits some folks harder than others. Uh, riding a, a Coda bus is is just a cheaper way to go if mm -hmm. you can get from point A to point B. So that's, that's one thing. For um, those that don't know, it's two bucks, any bus you want, and it'll get to your final destination. We also know that, uh, you know, 
parking downtown is uh, getting uh, more sparse, getting mm-hmm. more expensive. Um, so for folks that uh, are coming into downtown, uh, you could travel to any of our uh, park and rides, uh, park for free, and then take the bus uh, on into downtown while reading your phone or, or reading a book or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so part of it is cost, uh, convenience, if that works for you. Another part, I, I just saw this morning, um, you know, Central Ohio rates uh, somewhat poorly on various forms of air pollution. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the more congestion that's on the roads, uh, a lot of that uh, goes into the the pollution issue. So uh, riding a Coda bus, it takes more cars off the road. It improves our air quality for people that, that live across central Ohio. Another thing, driving a car is still a, a pretty dangerous uh, form of transportation. Uh, Thirty to 40,000 people die in uh, car accidents each year in the United States. Uh, and riding transit is, uh, is an extremely safe thing to do. Uh, both um, for traffic accidents and for personal safety, uh, it's one of the uh, safest ways to um, uh, to get where you need to go. All of our buses have uh, cameras, and um, uh, just the, the your your personal safety and traffic safety is just much improved on a Coda bus. And then ultimately, uh, it's just about uh, you know getting people to to jobs, um, whether uh, you have a six-figure income uh, and you just want the convenience of, of getting downtown uh, without the hassle of traffic, or whether you're uh, unemployed and uh, just trying to get a leg up for the next stage in your life, uh, CODA really uh, provides that economic development, that uh, workforce development a solution for the region. So uh, we're not saying CODA uh, needs, you know, everybody has to ride a CODA bus, but I think, especially after May 1st, uh, when we really put our best foot forward uh, mm-hmm. with a high quality uh, change, this comprehensive redesign, I think it'll uh, um, it'll be good for people to give Coda a look and see if it works for them. Great. So you talk about convenience, you talk about cost. It's frankly, it makes you a good citizen to ride the bus and the safety aspect of it. You'd be surprised the things you you see out the window of the bus and when you're walking to the bus, things that you don't notice and don't see when you're driving your car. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's been one of the the most wonderful things for me about working here riding the bus more uh, just learning more about your community learning more about your neighbors we we know lots of people who who see the same the same faces on the bus every morning or Mm -hmm. get to know their bus driver there's that camaraderie and that that sense of community that comes from from being a bus rider i think again whether you do that every day or whether you just choose to do it a couple of times a month when Mm -hmm. when you you've got a little bit more time or you know you don't have a meeting in the middle of the day Mm -hmm. um, really Coda is here for you when you need it, um, whether it's going to an Ohio State game, coming to Red, White, and Boom, coming downtown short north for Gallery Hop, really all different ways that you can take Coda um, and, and be even more part of your community. Great. Lisa, Josh, thank you so much for your time. And uh, we'll have a link to everything we discussed in the show notes. And uh, go bus. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. Again, you can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Please rate, subscribe, share this episode of the Confluence Cast with your friends, family, contacts, enemies, your favorite commuter. If you're interested in sponsoring the Confluence Cast, get in touch with us. We can be reached by email at info at theconfluencecast.com. 
Our theme music was composed by Benji Robinson. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. Have a great week. Thank you.